0: report readers viewers and listeners to a brand new edition of the beautiful report podcast it is a wednesday edition of the show where we'll be breaking down the bucks next matchup against the pittsburgh steelers they're on the road again it's a bucks steelers preview we have a lot to get into ladies yeah, and Matt- gentlemen
1: Matt, you know what? I, I'm feeling like this is probably going to be our best podcast.
0: Oh, oh, it absolutely is. And you know exactly why, ladies and gentlemen. No. We just promoted before. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com, SR Scott Reynolds. But ladies and gentlemen, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. Coming to you live from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> A Peter Report alumni, our good friend, colleague, mentor, ladies and gentlemen, it is John. Lennier! John, welcome back, my friend.
2: Thank you so much for joining the show today. How are you? I'm doing great now. I mean, how could I not? <laughs> be? What an unbelievable introduction! It feels good to be back, especially with you two. So appreciate you guys having me, and of course. Back the Bucks fans too. This is a it's a fun, exciting week. Bucks Steelers. It's good time to come on the show and talk some box
1: John we love the hat too man look at that bend down a little bit so we can see that that's right. that's quite the lid you got there we love it we love having Peter report alumni on here and of course that's what you are part of our of our family had Trevor Sicama on several times and now we got you and and uh, it's it's the perfect time because you're back in Pennsylvania a place where it all kind of began for you and you know you started off as a Steelers, Fan growing up, very much like Mark Cook, you know, grew up a Buccaneers fan, and uh, and so having this couple of years covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and still keeping an eye on your, on your hometown Pittsburgh Steelers, this is the best of both worlds for for Peter Report readers, viewers, and listeners, and uh, you know, and we wanted to have you on to help talk Buck Steelers, and the cool thing is you're going to be at the game. Pewter Reports uh has, has lassoed you into one more game to, to cover. Yeah, Paul Atwall will we'll we'll be there uh yeah. covering all the action live on, on Sunday. So welcome back to the Pewter Report podcast, my friend
2: absolutely great to be back great to be on with you all i'm excited about sunday it's gonna be great to be at stadium and one last hurrah it, it makes sense that it would be buck Steelers and, and go out that way certainly makes some sense and i'm very excited for paul atwell you know as all the shows we've yes. done and all the times we've had him on here and everything and i've actually never met him in person although we talk yeah. a lot so <laughs> it will be fun to meet him in person get to hang out with him he's gonna stay at our house and it's gonna be a, a really good time so we're, i know the whole family's excited. Uh, to have him in as well truly uh, as good as it gets in this business and so uh yeah it's just exciting it's exciting week and it's also nice for me because everybody's gonna wonder oh is you know should you turn for the Steelers or for the box you know and everything and it's I want the Steelers to get the number one pick so I have absolutely (laughs) no reason to want the Steelers to win this game it would be truly pointless which is what makes me think they'll be competitive in this game just yeah just to piss me off but no, I'm I'm Bucks all the way in this one. They they need it, and the Steelers need to lose.
1: Well, you know, just to kind of reset things, right? I mean, uh, certainly Buccaneer fans know that that the the Bucks got off the the two game losing streak by beating the the Panth- or beating the Falcons the Panthers next week. But but by beating the Falcons and, and getting to two zero in the division, and, and you know, we even talked about this in the Peter Report group chat, John, that you're a part of, right? Is is we all when we saw the schedule come out. Looking at that first four-game stretch, where the Bucks really had to go at least two and two to to have a good season, they've accomplished that. Probably should be three and one, but at the same time, this we all were in agreement. This is kind of the sweet spot of the schedule, where even before the season started, you kind of looked at Atlanta, Pittsburgh with a rookie quarterback, and Kenny Pickett's going to get the start, and then the Panthers, and boy, they're in disarray now uh, with Matt Rule being fired, Phil Snow gone, Baker Mayfield going to be out. Uh, right now, they've they've checked one of those three boxes, and I think the Buccaneers are looking to check that second box and get to, to four and two. Um, how bad was the beatdown that the Steelers suffered last week at the hands of the Bills 38-3 up there in Buffalo?
2: Honestly, it should have been way worse than 38-3. to The Bills had two issues in the red zone uh, that kept them really from getting taking points off the board for them. Uh, should have been much a much worse result, to be honest with you. Um, so they were kind of lucky it was only that bad. Um, Pittsburgh's overwhelmed right now. The injuries have certainly contributed to it in some, to some degree. But from a talent perspective, they're just outmatched. People thought that their skill players, I think, offensively were better than they are better than they've been this season. And there might be the potential for that, but we haven't seen it in any game this year where that's been the case, especially consistently. So that's been a disappointment, I think. Um, and in the secondary as well, they've had some injuries now they were without Terrell Edmonds and without Akella Witherspoon the last game. Those were two of the three players they thought would be, t- two of the top four, I'd say, that they thought they'd have in the secondary this season. Cam Sutton also injured as well. So there's you know, yep. three of your top four right there. And that puts you in a tough spot right away. So those injuries, we'll see how that plays out for this week. Obviously, that's good. those are all going to be big question marks. you so still have a bunch of guys that are like, oh, we'll see what happens. I think Cam Sutton's probably going to be out, which is a loss for them for sure. But I, there's a lot of other injuries that are really going to determine just how big this spread finally ends up being, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but that's, that's the thing. I mean, even if all those guys were healthy, and obviously we're talking about T.J. Watt, a top five defensive player right. in the entire league not playing. So when you, you add all that together – for a unit that's already short on talent on both sides of the ball, it it spells out a lot of L's and they're going to take a lot more this season.
1: Yeah. The, the Steelers haven't had a lot of those type of losses under Mike Tomlin. And certainly when Ben Roethlisberger was the quarterback and there was more leadership at that position, but um, how has Pittsburgh through the years, through the Tomlin years responded from, a big loss. And now you mentioned TJ Watt out. He's still around, but he's just not helping them out on the field. But is there enough leadership there? I know Hayward is certainly a stalwart guy. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick is, is an upper echelon player. And from what all accounts, a a good leader Uh, is, is there, is there enough, is there panic setting in in Pittsburgh or are they going to kind of just wash their hands of this and show up on Sunday and, and give it a go?
2: I think it's going to be difficult for the veteran players who, yes, are very good lead. Micah Fitzpatrick and Cam Hayward are elite leaders. TJ Watt is very much a lead-by-example type of guy, but extremely good at that. Uh, Nobody plays harder, sets more energy. So they have those guys on the defensive side of the ball. We'll talk about offense in a second. But the problem is things get away from you regardless of that. You can have great leadership. Mike Tomlin is a great leader of people you know in a lot of ways um he creates a culture people like to play for him and that only goes so far in the nfl maybe that goes a little bit further in college football in the nfl you know that that matters but it doesn't really yeah. move the needle like it will at other levels of football uh, because you can try as hard as you want everybody's trying pretty hard and if the other team has better players you're probably gonna lose yeah. and that's where the steelers have really been at this point in the season i don't know if it's so much Leadership in those ways on the defensive side of the ball, it's just they don't have enough talented players over there, right. especially with the injuries. Now, maybe at full strength, I think we saw in week one, this could be could have been a really good defense. I don't know if yeah. it was an elite defense or where they've been maybe the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But you flip to the offensive side of the ball and that's where it just totally it just falls apart. I mean, you've got yeah. all three of their top wide receivers that have at different points this season had moments where you're like "Mm, is that the most mature response like is that what you want right now obviously trubisky being replaced by kenny pickett so there's no stability or leadership at the quarterback position the offensive line is there's no proven veteran there um that that will step in and lead the group i mean you'd hope james daniels would be that guy and you know, he rallied a little bit when when uh, Pickett got hit last game. He kind of stepped up and tossed the guy that hit him late. And so, you know, he mm-hmm. there's some of that. They play with an edge. I don't think it's that they don't play hard. You know, Tom right. teams have always played hard. They're just not a very smart football team. They have a lot mm-hmm. of low IQ football players, especially at skill positions. They've drafted really poorly in recent years. That has mm-hmm. really hurt them. Mm-hmm. A lot of the players that they've counted on to be hitting their stride as some of those older players like Pouncey and DeCastro and Roethlisberger and obviously mm-hmm. A.B. and he, Some of those guys, as they've out of the Steelers yeah. they've drafted people to replace them and they've missed on a ton of those picks and all of it's kind of added up to where we are now where I expect the Steelers to be one of the worst teams in the league yeah. the rest of the season and I think that they'll probably be drafted in the top five John it's it,
1: it, I'm sorry Matt I was just gonna say it, it really sounds like like the Steelers collectively could use some Celsius right I mean <laughs> they, they need to pick me up in the worst way after that shellacking up there In Buffalo, 38 to 3. And Celsius, boy, it'll do that for you. It will pick you up. It'll power your workouts. It's replaced coffee in the Reynolds household. We love Celsius. You're looking at the the Arctic vibe. That's the new flavor. They've got the tropical vibe, the peach vibe. Uh, They've got a slew of different flavors. In the afternoon, I like to mix it up and have a cola flavor. That's right. If you're not as big on, on the fruity type of flavors, and they've got a slew of them from the watermelon, which is Ashley's favorite, the orange, which is mine, uh, grape. They've got, uh, even if you don't like the sparkling drinks, they've got a peach mango green tea uh, Celsius. It gives you the energy plus seven essential vitamins without the sugar crash. Why? Because there's no sugar, there's no preservatives. It's, it's a healthy energy drink. Where can you find Celsius? Well, go to celsius.com, click on the store locator, and you'll type in your address and you'll find all these different grocery stores, health and fitness stores convenience stores bodegas as matt matera would call them and grab a couple cans try some different flavors once you find the flavors you like go to amazon buy them in bulk use the subscribe and save option save some money and they ship them right to your door that's the best way to enjoy celsius and as matt would also say if you're not sure which flavors you like and maybe celsius isn't available in your area you can use amazon's um, variety pack and have that shipped to your house that way you can try some different cans, different flavors of Celsius, and power your active life because that's what Celsius does. The official energy drink of Pewter Report.
0: Not gonna lie, Scott, you uh stole my segue. I was I was gonna start segue. Like. We definitely want to talk about Kenny Pickett. I you know, he made his first start last week, but his first actual Action was when he came in against the Jets and he was running around all over the place. And, you know, one thing you should be running to go get right away is a Celsius energy drink. There you but go. Yours was uh very good as well. But, you know, when we talk about Kenny Pickett, I mean, I <laughs> I remember going back to the Senior Bowl, which, John, you and I were at, which was awesome for so many reasons and crazy for so many reasons, because that's right when Tom Brady retired. So we had <laughs> to talk about that, but also the Senior Bowl at the same time. And all of the craze with Kenny Pickett Besides the fact that, you know, Dan Marino was there. You, me, and Casey ran into Dan Marino like 5,000 other times because they have that Pittsburgh connection. But everyone always just wants to talk about Kenny Pickett and the hands. Does does he have big enough hands to go play in the NFL? And then, you know, now he's played for two weeks. And, you know, specifically with that Jets game too, uh, he had a rushing touchdown. Everyone got all excited about like, oh, he's taking some contact and he's like talking some crap Mm -hmm. to the other team. Uh, But then he started throwing it and the Jets started picking it left and right, whether it was Jordan Whitehead or or, or, you know, some of the other defensive backs. So what have you Mm -hmm. seen with Kenny Pickett through two games? And honestly, it's really tough to ask for your first career start to go up against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. So what have you seen (laughs) from from Kenny Pickett in this very, very limited, of course, you know, window that that we've watched?
2: Well, I think most Bucks fans probably remember. I didn't have a high opinion of Pickett coming out. I thought he was fine, but I didn't think he'd be a franchise quarterback. And I, my opinion hasn't necessarily changed after six quarters of watching him. But I will say he has been a pleasant surprise so far this season with his play. I would say two things really stand out. The moments do not seem too big for him. He is not a panic-in-the-pocket type of quarterback so far in the NFL. Now it's been six quarters. You know, you could get hit a few more times and that might change. Uh, at Pitt, there were times where he would just overly try to improvise way too much at, uh, where it kind of reminded you of Baker Mayfield at times. And if Mayfield's big thing in the NFL is that he hasn't been teachable at all. Like he hasn't changed the way that he's played. Um, and so because of that, I think that's limited his ceiling and what he could be where physically he could have been physically probably had better tools than somebody like Pickett Pickett's already shown the ability to be teachable and coachable, I think, and improve some of those things. He has hung in there and taken some shots already. I mean, he's playing about a pretty, an offensive line that's honestly, they probably most people would have thought they would have been 32nd in the NFL in terms of everything this season. And they have been not good, but better than expected, maybe a little bit, which has been probably the only other pleasant surprise about the season. Um, and I would say pick it through six quarters has not been one of the issues. You know, even that Jets game, you talk about should he have made either of the throws that were intercepted? I think that's debatable. The one deep one to Claypool. I get why he took the shot your first game and, and it's you give your receiver a chance. I totally get it. Definitely wasn't an interceptable ball. Claypool has it go off his hands. Right. The Jets DB, I think, yeah. got his finger in there too and it deflects off and, and gets picked off. Then the other one was not a wise throw, but it hit Fryermuth in both his hands went off his hands and, and was intercepted. So neither were like, he's not like putting the ball in harm's way a lot per se. A lot of it's been picky through last week was bad, but a, a lot of those have been unlucky bounces for the most part. He has been pretty smart and pretty safe with the football. Uh, but he's also taken some shots. He's tested man coverage down the field a little bit more. He is kind of an aggressive mentality as a player. I think all that's been a pleasant surprise. I think you expect mistakes for a rookie, especially Mm -hmm. given how bad the players around him have been. I mean, the drops have been absurd of every single player on the team. Najee Harris looks like he has a piano on his back. It's been so disappointing to watch him play this season, not what they hoped they were getting in the first round. So you talk about nobody really. Yeah, I do. it. (sighs) he just looks like a totally different player this year. Maybe some of it's injuries, but he's also just not very decisive. And so it's been a total failure pretty much everywhere else around him. Offensively, I think Matt Canada is probably the worst offensive play call in the league. I, well, and that's all that. That's what yeah, I want to it ask. just adds you up been, to a bad you've situation. Been, you've been
0: super critical of, of Canada in the past and and rightfully so. I'm not knocking you for, uh, you yeah. know, for your your thoughts on that. But is is that I don't want to say the number one reason, but that's got to be a huge factor into a lot of the issues that you know have come about with the Steelers
2: I think so yeah I mean if you even if you ask people around the league their thoughts on him when they hired Canada and then when they kept them especially this past year you could text anybody and I don't have like as many sources even as some people I know that have t- related this information to me but even the people that I do talk to are like they ca- they just can't believe he's still in the NFL like it's just one of those situations where like as soon as he's done like as soon as the Steelers are done with him it's just not going to get a job in the NFL. Like it's kind of one of, Haley that happened to Todd Haley too. That was more because of his personality, but that's kind of the situation. I think it's trending toward like, as soon as the Browns were done with Haley, like it was like his last chance there. And then it was yeah. like, boom, he's gone. And I think you'll see that with Canada uh, to a degree, but more based on some based on his personality. Also some based on, I mean, this is the simplest offense in the NFL. Defenses have had them figured out really almost since the, the beginning of his time there. Um, and that's been one of the huge issues is that there's just Alex Kazora Steelers Depot does a great job. If, if Bucks fans are interested in checking out, he just had an article. I just retweeted it actually. So you can check it out there, but he just talked about how like simple the concepts are and how many times he will call the same thing over and over and over again. It's just a lot to overcome for a quarterback, even if Kenny Pickett's good. And so yeah. I think that's where it gets pretty troubling um, just I don't know how demoralizing this season could be for Kenny Pickett. Even if he's good, this season could be really a a gut shot for him, you know, in terms of just, A, the amount of times he gets hit, but B, the offensive (laughs) structure around him and the drops being really hard to overcome.
1: So, John, let me ask you, one thing that's kind of been a constant in the NFL over these last couple of years is Pittsburgh, or should we say Blitzburg and Tampa Bay, being in the top five, maybe even the top three in terms of sacks. Like that's been a staple and it's kind of shocking. And I know TJ Watts injury has a lot to do with it because a lot is put on him to become, you know, to be that, that leading sacker and not just double digits, but I mean, we're talking like leading the league in sack kind of guy, but to see Pittsburgh so far with just 10 sacks and, you know, Tampa Bay's got 19, they're third in the league. Um, you know, when you look at, at the the schedule, I even had this as, as a loss for the Buccaneers in my Predictions just because of TJ Watt and now and that's going to change. My prediction is going to change with Watt's not there. That, that's a huge element. But but how demoralizing is it for a team defensively, and Tomlin's a defensive guy, to to be known for pressure and known for sacks and disrupting
2: and mm. killing quarterbacks to not have that right now? It's kind of interesting, Scott, a couple years ago, even last year, probably this would have been the Steelers had kind of laid off blitzing a little bit last year, too. But, you know, Brian Foles is there now. You thought this would be one of the blitz heaviest teams in the league this season, especially after Watt went down. And, of course, Tampa Bay, Todd Bulls, you think you know one of the big stories if you followed their defense this season, which obviously you guys have, is how much less they're blitzing this year. I mean, just under 30% compared to being in the 40s, high 40s at times, almost all during the last couple years. And it's been one of the big changes for the Bucs is just really have a commitment to more numbers and coverage. And it's kind of that way for the Steelers, too. I mean, they're down blitzing this season at about 27%, so even less than the Bucs. Blitzing as a whole across the NFL seems to be really down. There's a couple teams I think that – are kind of boosting it, the the league averages back up. But I think as a whole, if you look around the league, blitzing is down. More numbers are in coverage. Teams are forcing things to be thrown underneath. There is a lot less big explosive plays down the field because of that. You need yak guys, I think, more now more than ever in today's NFL and a lot of the best offenses in the league. Have those Absolutely. guys yeah. uh, and guys that can make plays after the catch. And so I think that's one of the big differences right now is that you're not seeing the Steelers blitz as much without Watt. That's hurting their ability to get sacks, probably. Yeah. Um, and then, but I think if their secondary was healthy, I would not be totally hating on the idea because when the secondary was healthy, even after they lost Watt, Highsmith had a couple good games. You know, Hayward had a good game. And then they started losing everybody in the secondary. And even the injury report just dropped. I just saw it today. Yeah. Four yeah. of the Steelers <laughs> starting five secondary players or yeah. did not practice today and would be that's, you know, in, in doubt for this week. And so that's where I think it's kind of gone hand in hand. Like I think they were still getting okay pressure, but then also Larry Okenjobi got hurt. Monty Adams got hurt. Yeah. The defensive line rotation kind of got tightened up a little right. bit. Cam Hayward's getting doubled constantly in past situations. So that kind of stuff is kind of all combining now to add up and really, I mean, not having the same amount of depth in the pass rush that right. you thought you'd have, you're going into the season has been an issue as well. So it's a lot of different issues kind of adding up there. I like the idea to blitz with four or pressure with four or five more. I think okay. it's where the league's going, and you have to be able to do it. If they had Watt back, I think we'd see a difference right now, though those numbers are down for them.
1: So let me ask you: when it comes to getting pressure on Kenny Pickett, stick, sticking with the the Steelers' offense and the Bucks' defense, you know we we've, we saw last week, right? It, what it, we we haven't seen Shaq Barrett just. Come out like he did in in twenty twenty and and just you know nine sacks in the first couple of games or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's really been across the board. Which if you look historically with Todd Bowles, there's you know there's one double digit sack guy you know typically, but but he does get a lot of sack production from across the board. And right now, Devin White is still the leader with three, but they've got Vita Vea two and a half, Logan Hall two. Shaq Barrett, two, Winfield, two, Anthony Nelson, two, Trion Shoenka, one and a half. Carl well, in there, one and a half. Yeah. Nassib. Adrian Sanak got a sack. Mike Sannac, yeah. yeah. So they're, they're getting so much pressure from just across the board with their scheme more so than just relying on Shaq to be that, that sack guy. And I know that pleases Bowls, but it just seems to me with, with this kind of broad brush uh, approach that and Bowles can bring pressure anywhere, where are there vulnerabilities in Pittsburgh's pass protection that maybe Todd Bowles can exploit either off the edge with the Winfield or a Mike Edwards, or just in some of those base defensive rushes that they've been successful with.
2: There's a lot of, a lot of weak points to attack. I think, I mean, I'd say one of the biggest concerns for Pittsburgh is probably Mason Cole. If he plays and I believe he, is a little banged up as well right now. If he plays how he handles Vita Vea, because he is a lighter center and the power guys have definitely given him issues at times this year. Now Vea needs to play like he's capable of playing, like his contract suggests he needs yeah. to play. That's been a huge concern this season for the box probably. But if he is capable of that, if there's a bounce back week for him and he started, come on a little bit rushing has been okay for him. It's yeah. been more of the run defense has been a concern, which I never thought I'd say it. So Controlling I, him will I, be key I, for Pittsburgh.
1: I I really think, and this is a theory, and Vita's not going to own up to it if I even ask him, but but just like how we saw Devin White not be the same player playing next to Levante David, right? David brings the best out in White. It, that's just apparent. I, I really think there's something to that, especially in run defense, playing next to Indominus Sue. I, I think that that you know he was such a mentor to Vita and and Vita's 27, still kind of a young player in terms of maturity level and all that and 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 I just like how we noticed devin white missing Levante David I think that that Vita's learning about life without endomic and sue next to him and I think that's contributing to it and hopefully he kind of becomes more consistent in both aspects the, the pass rush and the run blocking but that's just something that that I've noticed
2: yeah I mean whatever the factor is you know he it, it's been very unusual to watch him this season I don't know if the Steelers have the players to take advantage of of those struggles mm-hmm. though and I do think the larger sample size of his career suggests he'll probably sort it out at some point yeah. but I think there's real weakness there James Daniels has played better at right guard as the season's gone on Kevin Dotson's been solid at left guard I think as the season's gone on Dan Moore was atrocious in the preseason like unplayable and then he's been okay at some times <laughs> in the regular season and then also, really bad at other times, and, and last week wasn't a good one for him. And I think that you could see uh, Shaq Barrett over there on the right side, some maybe rushing and trying to take advantage of that. Uh, he is probably the better speed bend rusher um JTS is coming along and some of those moves could be helpful Okora fort right tackle has played pretty well this season actually Mm -hmm. um so I'd say if you're looking to attack it's probably better done on the right side and they will have a matchup he should win as well but Steelers max protect a good bit they'll leave guys in um and they'll uh to help out in protection and so you're going to have to be committed in coverage and right now the Steelers receivers even when you don't cover them can't catch so that could help (laughs) the box if they're down a couple guys in the secondary I know they're banged up there too
0: I do want to get into the injury report because there's a lot of names on both sides for the Bucks and the Steelers. And, you know, in this case, having a lot of players on the injury report is not a good thing. But sometimes having a lot of things can be good. Like if you're going to have a Pirate Republic beer, which, of course, is the official beer of Pewter Report Com. We're very excited to announce this exclusive partnership with Pirate Republic, Republic Brewing. Excuse me there. Uh, they're based out of Nassau, Bahamas, but uh, Pirate Republic is now invading Florida just in time for football season. Beer brings people together to celebrate life. That means celebrating life in the spirit of the original Pirate Code, a sense of belonging. The Pirate Republic is a community of people living life on their terms. The Long John Pilsner, my personal favorite out of the group, is perfect for tailgating or having fun at the beach in the Florida sun. Then there's the Take No Quarter IPA. It's the best IPA that you'll drink. Or you can drop an orange slice in the Golden Haze Piracy Belgian Wit Beer and enjoy that pirate life. Pirate Public Beer is available at participating retailers like Total Wine & More, Lukens Liquors, party liquors and select ABC liquor stores in the greater Tampa Bay area. it's expanding all across the state of Florida, which is a great thing. So live life on your terms and drink like a pirate with pirate Republic beer. A couple of interesting injuries on this, uh, injury report as well. For example, Jalen Darden did not participate today with a tooth injury. So, uh, he's got to go to the same doctor or, uh, Dentist, I should say, that Vita Vea went to. That's right. We all know what happened to Vita Vea uh, in the indie game last year. Uh, Cam Brady, this is good news. He was a full participant. He obviously was in concussion protocol. Yeah.
1: Still in concussion protocol too, yeah. but this is the a big first step in him in getting him which back I don't
0: always like understand because. Like the Bucks, they now blast music, you know, right when practice starts. I feel like yeah, that's not the probably best. Probably not thing good for, for, a, yeah, for a guy dealing with a concussion. <laughs> yeah. um, Carlton Davis, another good sign. Uh, he's dealing with a hip injury, but he did practice fully. Yep. So that's good. Mike Edwards was limited with an elbow. Russell Gage did not participate with an ankle injury. Chris Godwin uh, with a hip knee, he was lim- uh, limited in practice. Akeem Hicks did not participate. The next couple guys did not participate. That's Julio Jones. Shocker. Uh, Sean Murphy bunting with the quad and Carl Nassif had an illness. He did not participate. Rashad Perryman fully participated. Um, Logan Ryan did not participate with the foot and Donovan Smith was limited uh, for the Steelers. Montrevius Adams did not participate with the hip Mason Cole foot did not participate. Zach Gentry knee did not participate. Terrell Edmonds concussion fully participated uh, no Minka Fitzpatrick with the knee. No Pat Fryermuth. He had a concussion last game. Deontay Johnson was limited with the hip. Larry Ogan Joby, who we wrote about maybe coming to the Bucks in our Bucks battle plan, uh, did not participate with the back. Then you got Cam Sutton, hamstring, did not participate. Levi Wiles, concussion, did not participate. And uh, Akello Witherspoon also did not participate with the hamstring. Uh, John, as you mentioned before, uh, uh, hang, hanged up in that secondary, but no
2: big. deal. Man. Just facing Mike Evans and Chris Godwin this week, yeah. no big deal.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, so uh, let's let's shift now to the 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 Pittsburgh Steelers defensively versus the Bucks offense, John. Um, one thing before we talk about, you know, the Bucks offense is taking some steps right. Thirty-one points on the board against Kansas City. Uh, coming to life with the passing game. I think they've just about said, well, we're going to dip our toe in the water. If we can run the ball, great. If we can't, we're just going to sling it. Got no problem with that. But, John, when when you saw – and maybe Todd Bowles should have challenged the K-Dot and spot. The, the referees were horrible all the way around, from spotting the ball to the awful, god-awful Grady Jarrett uh, roughing the passer call, which benefited the Bucs, but still a bad call nonetheless. But, John, I just got to know, when you saw Leonard Fournette have what looked to be like a couple feet right there, and then he veered to the left, did you happen to maybe say or think to yourself or or maybe, you know, what, in, are, you're, what are
0: you doing? Right there. Why are
2: you bouncing outside, Leonard? Oh, you have no idea how I screamed it. I yelled it. Just <laughs> couldn't even believe it. I mean, I could believe it, but I could believe yeah. it sadly, but. Tough moment, tough, <laughs> tough yeah. moment for sure. But yeah. on brand moment, but overall, yeah, this has been a very weird box season so far yeah. on the offensive side of the ball. And a lot of it is, I mean, injuries are clearly a big part of it as you can see when they got yeah. guys healthy, they started putting up points, moving the ball yards, they've risen up the ranks and are now like moving into the yeah. above the average point for the league and, and they'll keep trending that direction. I, I feel pretty confident in that, but uh, yeah, definitely started off a little bit weird and rocky for them. In this game, I think it's going to be a great test for them as well because there was there's the Steelers defense that seems and it will be telling obviously who plays, yeah. but they are com- pretty committed to more man coverage in recent years, and they seem c- pretty committed to that this year, even though they don't really have a lot of great players in the secondary right. other than Minka. And so, last you know,
1: time I checked, and last time I checked, Mike Evans he kind of favors man coverage. He likes man coverage, doesn't he?
2: For sure. And they play a ton of single high. The Steelers are a pretty heavy single high team, Uh, almost other near 300 defensive snaps this season. About 200 of them have have been uh, in single high coverage. So they Mm -hmm. are a team that is probably going to give you a single high safety middle of the field close and not dissimilar to the way Atlanta did. Uh, Probably will be able to work some of those vertical shots on the outside. You're going to have one on ones there. Whether it's running 989 and getting those receivers vertical on the outside or running Cabs and having them break back to the football, those things have been open. So I expect it to be a pretty good matchup for Mike Evans um, this week. Scotty Miller had him a couple times, if not for the Brady underthrown one and the DPI that wasn't called, like probably would have had a couple big plays to him in that game. Could go back to that if they want to. If Julio doesn't play and Gage doesn't play, we'll see about Gage not practicing with another different injury now. Um, so, yeah, I think that all those things are kind of on the table uh, for the Bucks offense this week. There should definitely be the ability to hit some shots if they want to. The Steelers have given up big plays in the passing game. Um, and if the personnel is compromised, obviously, because of injuries, then the yeah. Bucks should probably stay pretty aggressive in that regard. But Pittsburgh also has really struggled to fit the run this year, and they've really struggled on some of those counter concepts that the Bucs have been really yeah. priming up the last couple of weeks. I mean, yeah. it's kind of overlooked, but they actually ran the ball pretty well last week when they ran it. Yeah. They just didn't run it that much because mm-hmm. it was so easy for them to throw the ball. And I think that they found something getting out on the edges, getting co-kiefed and Shaq Mason especially moving out there. The Steelers are, are ripe to kind of be susceptible to some of those things because – their linebackers can struggle to fit, especially Devin Bush. Miles Jack's been been better than anything they've had in recent years. Mm-hmm. They play Robert Spillane too much, which is totally mind-boggling. He'll probably have yeah. a pick in this game now that I say that, but he's just <laughs> they play him on coverage downs, and the Steelers – I mean, I expect Brady to throw a ton to Rashad White yeah. and Fournette because he can't cover it all. So I think those would be like matchups that you'd look to take advantage of. It was all there the last couple of weeks for teams, mm-hmm. um, and if they're banged up again, it, there's going to be a lot of matchups that you can work in this game. W- yeah, when, when you look, you from, right. what have you seen from Rashad White? Uh, I think like the last two games, he's really
0: kind of brought it together, you know, because the Bucks finally gave him playing time. Obviously, that was yeah. a a big storyline mm-hmm. early on. But even like last game, there was a couple drives, a couple first downs where it was handoff to Rashad White, throw to Rashad White, first down, and they did that again. Uh, what have you seen from him? You know, obviously, the Bucks' entire rookie class have been playing in like really important moments, from mm-hmm. the punter to. You know, Kaidon. obviously, yeah, Cade on having a huge game, Logan Paul, obviously, like, they're all having, you know, significant time in, in big moments.
2: For sure, and White's been impressive and what he's been asked to do. He hasn't been asked to run the ball very often, and when he has, everybody's like, oh, his yard per carry average or whatever, but, I mean, he's had a couple, like, third, fourth, and ones where he's ran the ball this season, yeah. so, like, you're going to be geared up. You're trying to get one yard there. Well, two yeah. yards, that's success. He had, you had a one yard was. touchdown.
1: That's not going to
0: help the you average. But right. Yeah, exactly right. Can't
2: yards. go deeper into the end zone and get right. credit for those yards. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, was a great jump, it was a yeah, it was great job,
0: though. It was a beautiful, beautiful jump yeah. into the end zone. Yeah. Right.
2: <laughs> and he's, an ide- he's more of an ideal short yardage back than Leonard because if you're short yardage back, you're almost always going up against defensive looks that load the box. So because of that, it really matters that you're able to shift directions quickly, yeah. which he does better than Leonard, and then move vertically quickly as well, which he does better than Leonard. People think it's about, oh, he's a big back. Like it's not really it doesn't usually work that way because you already right. have guys in front of you. Like you can only hit so many bodies. Like, even if you're a big back, you're hitting yeah. multiple bodies at full speed. Like, and you don't even have time to get to full speed a lot of the time. So yeah. it, it's really more about force than it is about size. And that's where it comes into play with Rashad white, I think because he's able to be more explosive whether it's jumping up as we saw or just being able to find a crease and slip through it, which he did on a third and short so that's yeah. been impressive and even though it's been a limited really, sample size and
1: it's kind of crazy because he actually did both on that touchdown against Kansas City he actually he actually went airborne but had the vision to like go right right behind Tristan Wirfs, because you saw the right. linebacker you know coming uh, you know scot- free you know in in the a gap there so I, yeah. I agree. And obviously, I, I, what's
2: most ex- what's most exciting is the passing game stuff. I mean, he, the fact that he's caught the ball yeah. well is, is encouraging. Yeah, but he's able to make people miss. Not even even if he's not like crazy elusive so far, he's right. able to just just find an angle where you can get upfield and maximize your potential after each catch. Plus, the pass protection reps from this past week which was an area obviously coming in that he was really going to have to grow in. Not that he was horrible, at it; he was willing. He just didn't have a ton of experience at it. Right. Like most backs in college, especially picking up pro concepts and the amount of blitzing they do in the NFL compared to college. And it's just a, usually a big leap. So a couple great reps the other day. I mean, in the edge that he played with him and he, the long pass to Evans that set him up with the one, he had a great blitz pick up off a corner off the edge. Yeah. Uh, he picked that up beautifully and actually buried the corner. Like he oh, yeah, carried he him was. back down a lot of scrimmage and pancaked him. Then later in the game, he stepped up, was on incompletion, in but he stepped up, met the linebacker in the hole, anchored down. And then as the linebacker tried to turn and run and chase the ball, he like stayed on him drove him down the field, and they both ended up falling to the ground. But he was trying to pancake yep. the guy like well away from the play. Just that kind and of his, temperament will get you more playing time, I think. And his technique
1: is so good, too. Like I, I've actually seen Leonard's technique fall off a little bit this year. And I I, th- I think he's he's almost a victim of his own success, right? Like he threw the elbow in the shoulder against Micah Parsons. Granted, that was a chip block more than it was just a full-on blitz pickup one-on-one in the hole. But I've just right. seen him throw the shoulder too much, where he's trying to go for the knockout block when, when really, just you got to get in the guy's way. sometimes a block is not, you know, knocking somebody's block off and, and and having that go viral on social media. Sometimes it's what Rashad White's doing. It's staying square, staying on your guy, taking him to where he's going, and and taking him away from the quarterback.
2: Right, and I think that those are the things that really matter at that position when you talk about, especially white's role, given the fact the bucks are going to be a a pass heavy team. And so because of that, what he can do on those downs and how much he can help in pass protection, like it's hard to play a guy if he can't help in those ways. And because he can, I think you see him as long as he can continue to prove that he can. And maybe the fact that Leonard has struggled in the, in pass protection this season and, he's a he's a capable receiver i give him a ton of credit i talked about it on my podcast the other day like the fact that he's been able to improve his hands the way that he has and that he's been able to kind of get on the same maybe you remember the first year he was in tampa like Me and brady were never on the same page and rojo is never on the same page with them either like they always were running the wrong routes or not where they were supposed to be the landmarks and Fournette's really worked to improve that part of his game he deserves a ton of credit he's turned himself into a better it's not a high bar in my opinion but a better receiving yeah. back than a rushing back in my opinion Wait. And now I think – but I still think yeah. that because there is a little bit more of explosive element to White, as long as he can handle the basic responsibility of the position and not just be a splash play guy, which he's done well so far, then I think that you're going to see him play more and more.
1: We have a question here from Harbender. And before you answer this, John, we're going to get Joe uh take on this. But what does John make of the roughing the passer, um, you know, call the, the Grady Jarrett, Tom Brady sack? Uh, but also, just what's happening around the league. I, I opined about that, and Matt and I did about the sissification of the league. You can't, you can't legislate the physicality out of a physical game, and I think that's what they're doing. And I think everybody's really getting pissed off about it, to be honest. But this is what Joe Tryon Shoinka had to say about it.
3: Matt. You just can't be violent, I guess. You gotta. I just say get the ball out, but honestly, you know, you seen on Sunday Night Football, he gets the ball out and still gets flagged. So it's like we need a clear cut um, rule, but. You know, it seems like we're not really getting that. So just don't hit him in the head. Don't throw him to the ground. Don't just don't sack him. I don't know what it is. Are they being protected too much, quarterbacks? I mean, for, as a quarterback, you know, it's part of the game. Obviously, you know, sacks are huge. <coughs> he you know, plays in the game and to you know, have those type of game-changing calls, you know, it sucks. It's part of the game. Does it make you think a little bit more yeah. as, as you're coming in now. Or, yeah, uh, you got to. You know, you definitely got. You can't be out of control. But that's how it is. You, know, you just gotta you know, adapt to the rules and, you know, as they come. Tried to death.
0: The explanation that was given for Chris Jones was the fact that he put his full
2: body weight on Derek Carr, who was, like, on 350 plus pounds. Mm-hmm. Like, with momentum and everything, that's difficult to do. I mean, you're not
0: 350 plus pounds, but yeah. still, is it really hard, especially when you're going full board, to, like, um, not put your body weight on, on the quarterback when you're taking yeah, the it's, it's hard
3: down. enough to just, you know, grab him, so just to get him on the ground, it's, just, it's tough, but, you know, something we got to adapt to, I guess. Should replay the end of the league, swinging too far in the other direction? Well, hopefully we come to middle ground. You know, we want to be able to play football and play it clean and play it safe. So hopefully everybody get together and we'll come to some middle ground to where everybody has an understanding of what we can and can't do.
0: But and I know that they can still be really physical.
3: Um, they I mean, have the same kind of you others. don't want to fall on the quarterback. You want to hit him and go to the side. But sometimes you're in a position where... You're coming from the back, or you have a lineman on you that you can't avoid, and just go to the side. So, you know, hopefully, we have some meetings about that, and we have some middle ground where they will add a line to play a little bit. And um,
1: if I can, yeah. So you hear Ty Bowles there too, John. It, it just sometimes, it, sometimes, it, sometimes it's gravity, man. Sometimes you're you're a big guy, and your job is to sack the quarterback. And listen, I understand the league is all about TV ratings and money. That that's really what the NFL is all about. Uh, I don't know how much they really value the game as much as they do value the money maker and when when the top when the top upper echelon quarterbacks are not playing like my guy Skyler Thompson Kansas State might be playing for Miami right and, and the Dolphins and the NFL would rather have two play and I get that rather than have some third string quarterback play because it's all about the quarterbacks and the marquee uh, position and protecting that but is it right to protect it at all costs, John?
2: No, I mean, because you can't protect it at all costs. The game, like you said, there's no way you can do it. You can try to as much as you can, Um, and maybe that's – there's certainly some effort obviously happening there in the league's part. You can argue about whatever their motivation is, but the product is, is, is poor. I mean, and it's funny because I know Brady pays off the refs, obviously, to get what calls <laughs> he wants, but I guess Derek <laughs> Carr is doing that also because Derek right. Carr got – a oh, heck of a call. They kept the Raiders in it for a while there when Chris Jones sacked him. That was an unreal call um, as well. So no doubt the Grady Jarrett penalty was atrocious. Um, You know, there's a lot of different ways to, to look at this. I think just in a general sense, the league has created so many rules that now they have trouble enforcing those rules consistently. Yes. I said this too, the other day, it's almost like the refs are trolling the rules makers with some of their calls. Like we're going to say, we can't land on them with their body weight. You're going to yeah, say, we yeah. can't swing them to the right. round. Look at this. Like, this is what it means. It means we're yeah. going to get a penalty in this situation. And it's going to cause this kind of uproar and this kind of reaction. See what you've done. Like, see the position right. you put us in. That's what it feels like is happening. Like they're trolling, trolling the rules makers. But yeah. they're not like this. Is literally how poorly they interpret rules, yes. and the NFL just like yeah. doesn't make it clear to them. Like, look for intent to injure. Look for things yes. that are unnecessary, uncalled exactly. for. Don't look for oh, well, he could he could have potentially Brady could have hit his head on a play where he gets slung down like that. That's possible, but right. it's just but, a but, normal. Did That's the thing, right? right? I mean, yeah, and, and he
1: exactly. He didn't. So it's, it's isn't it almost right. like like back when. You know, when you're playing pickup ball and you're a kid, you know, whether it's hoops or football, whatever, it's like no harm, no foul. Right. If if Brady is concussed, then maybe you throw the flag. Right. If he can't get up, and you got to call the trainer out. Uh, I I know we don't want flops. Right. We don't want this to become the NBA where where all of a sudden quarterbacks are feigning injury. And and now they're trying to get the penalty and they got the first down and all that stuff. But but I'm with you, John. I, I think there has to be a measure of intent to hurt. And I think that's where it should be.
0: Uh, and, call, and John, you, you talk, John, you talk about like what you said about the refs, you know, trolling the league with these calls. You would see that a lot, especially in like the preseason where they would just make some calls. And it's like, this is absolutely egregious. But now you have, you know, one less preseason game. And, and also, it's so tough to just enforce or change a rule while the season's going on. Coaches have to like mm-hmm. coach a different way. Players have to adjust in different ways. And I, I don't think it's fair to change a rule or or put an emphasis on something else in the middle of a game while it's going on where it's like, you know, this could affect wins and loss records. And it's unfortunate what yeah. happened to Tua.
2: it's also football. Like it's physical. There's contact
0: that's going to happen. And unfortunately,
2: sometimes players get hurt. Right. Exactly. And you can't take that out of the game. Other if you do, it's not football. And, and, but I, at the same time, I want to say like some of the rules changes have been good. Like the fact that they've taken out, Helmets to helmet hits, especially for quarterbacks and trying to protect that part. We all want that. Unfortunately, we're seeing it called where like helmets graze or the helmet doesn't even make contact, but the player may have like had his head down and they just assume it was made. Or some of the worst like the blows to the head for quarterbacks glancing blows that are clearly the i mean you remember there's a jpp one a few years ago it's yeah, the chiefs that, right. like he grazed my home's helmet mom's head yeah. didn't even turn and it's just like <laughs> ha, like this is clearly not what the rule was created to do but then the nfl doesn't seem to step in and be like hold up fellas like let's have some common sense when we do this like no right. they just are like yeah sure like let's just let it all fall under the same umbrella so some of it is just laziness in terms of like if they really hammer down and we're like, okay, this is exactly well, what we're looking for. Like, let's try to get consistently in this way. You would have less of it, but because they don't, there's just this massive interpretation well, John, of rules. So some of the rules are good. They just need to like do a better job of interpreting them.
1: You do know what the NFL stands for, right? No effing logic, right? That's
2: <laughs> I've never think, heard that one. I
1: think we're asking too much from this league when it comes to using logic and common sense. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, well,
2: Scott,
0: you said but, a lot of this has to do with, you know – maybe they don't care as much about the product as they do like the money that that gets involved in But if you had a lot of money, you would want to invest it smartly with a financial at a Muni financial. We help you live in the now.
3: Dude, Congratulations. You We're so happy. Thank to you. you. Thank
0: you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treatment?
1: Oh, just fantastic.
0: I know I say it all the time, but you really got to come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah.
1: We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track. So you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. A Muni Financial, plan ahead, stay ahead. Guys, we got to get to Colorado, right? I mean, we do. Managing your family's wealth means more to Muni Financial than simply allocating your assets. We're living in some turbulent times right now, financially, and you want some veterans on your side helping you make decisions and navigating the financial landscape and. I'm encouraging you to do what I've done, which is to call a muni financial to help you plan ahead and stay ahead in these difficult financial times we're living in. They're interested in helping you formulate that plan, whether it's legacy planning, whether it's brokerage and advisory services to help you with your portfolio, retirement accounts, college savings accounts for your kids, or insurance services with over 40 years of experience. Get the veterans on your team. Let Immuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Give them a call. Immuni Financial, 1-800-868-6864. That's 1-800-868-6864. Tell them Peter Report sent you. You can also visit them on the web at immuni.com. John, um, one of the things that, uh, that I think if, if the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to pull an upset and threaten the Buccaneers, in this game. It's going to have to be through the year. Uh, They're going to have to rely on, on Kenny Pickett making some plays. The Buccaneers secondary did sustain some injuries last week. We don't know about Sean Murphy bunting. Uh, Carlton Davis got dinged up with the hip, Mike Edwards with the elbow. I think Edwards and Davis are going to play. We'll see about Sean Murphy bunting Zion McCollum, the rookie got his feet wet in that particular uh, game against the Falcons playing 13 snaps on defense, but the Steelers though, if they're going to make a push to win this game, it's going to have to be Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and, and George Pickens, the rookie. Not a lot of maturity there. I, I sensed that from you early on. Uh, but they do have some playmaking ability, right? The, the, the mental acuity, the mental errors and stuff aside from a physical standpoint, the Steelers do have some legit weapons when they put it all together in the passing game, right?
2: All three are very talented none of them played to their potential. I mean, no chase Claypool told us in the offseason he was a top three receiver in the NFL, which is very nice of him. I think he's got 84 yards receiving this year. So that's been cool. Deontay Johnson has drops the ball so many times a game. And he is the most talent and ability out of the group because he can separate and make plays after the catch, which are probably two of the most desirable translatable skills for an NFL wide receiver at any level. That's why like, it would seem like he had a high floor. Instead, like he'd say, he's been this complete roller coaster because he can't catch the ball consistently. Um, and he makes a lot of mental mistakes, too. There was a play. I forget actually now which game it was, where he didn't get back on side in a hurry-up situation. where they, Like, it ended up costing them, like, five more yards or something like that, and they end up having to go, go kick a field goal instead of go for it on fourth and short, just because, like – he just like it's like that with all these guys. Like you remember Claypool last year and the yep. whole like didn't run the ball back to right. draft thing. Yeah, and, you know it's just like that kind of stuff happens all the time. I and mean, Pickens in his like third NFL game is like yapping at the sideline about trying to get the ball more. I'm like, dude, you played three games. Like yeah. this is insane. <laughs> right. Like you cannot be like these other guys, please. Um, And Pickens has played the best of the three. A lot of r- really good contested catches this season. Steelers fans are very excited about him. Todd Bowles said today, I believe that he could be a Pro Bowler. Yeah. Um, Actually, we'll, we'll play that clip is- real quick
1: and we'll get your, your thoughts on yeah, the other yeah. side.
2: Here is Todd Bowles
0: talking about first Kenny Pickett and then he uh, starts talking about Pickens.
3: It's a very heady football player. He knows where his checkdowns are. Uh, he has a very good arm reading defenses uh, going through the outside or the inside. Can get out of the pocket and run pretty good if he has to. looks like he has a good command of the offense, so we're expecting him to play well. Todd, you look. He's a physical receiver. You know, they have two of them, Claypool as well. So, you know, he's going to jump and try to make great catches, which he's shown week in and week out. That's why he got drafted so high. Uh, Tough. He was a tough player in college. He's tough with the Steelers. They got a good draft pick. They got a potential pro bowler on their hands, and it's going to be a handful to deal with.
2: I'll say this. Pickens is what they hoped Claypool would be in terms of, like, Mm -hmm. aggressiveness, toughness, contested catchability. Claypool's flashed hit one here and there, but been very inconsistent at that um, throughout his career. Where Pickens has thrived in that area already in the NFL, he's very tough. I mean, it's almost every game he sends a defensive back to the bleachers, like coming off the line of scrimmage. He will hammer you, throw you on the ground. He fought multiple guys in college. Like he's probably about as tough as it gets in that regard. So that is one encouraging thing for a rookie to come into the NFL with that mentality. Like physically, he he feels like he could dominate any matchup and that's something i think that will bode well for him i'll say this though he he isn't very fast and he can't cre- he has not created much separation in college or in the nfl so all, almost all of his catches are in contested catch situations because he just doesn't run away from people and almost everything he's done has happened on like the vertical plane rather than any inbreakers outbreakers things like that he is like a true x receiver he's a vertical guy that doesn't run by people other than Mike Williams, there's usually a ceiling for that skill set in the NFL. Yeah. Like they don't usually get to Pro Bowl level. I, I kind of think that his ceiling is probably a Mike Williams for the Chargers type of player. Um, so I maybe disagree with who's a good player for sure, but that would be the ceiling I think. So maybe I disagree with Bulls a little bit there. Uh, but he's been the best of the three. Deontay Johnson's probably the most talented guy, yeah. and he could have like a Just huge game and ball. then go right. back to yeah. yeah, go back to three drops the next week. You honestly never have any idea. It's almost always because of him. Not because of the other team when he struggles. So he's again. If both those guys start hitting in the same week, right. yeah, they could be a problem. We just haven't seen that happen at all this year.
1: Yeah. So let me ask you this: uh, you you're a longtime Steelers fan, and and you were there for the whole Antonio Brown years, mm. right? And then you were here in Tampa for the Antonio Brown years. Uh, who do you think Antonio Brown Lucky me. is? Is going to, right exactly. Who do you think Antonio Brown is going to root for on Sunday? Do you think he's going to root for the Steelers? Do you think he's going to root for the Buccaneers? If you had to bet money, who do you think Antonio Brown would root for on Sunday?
2: I I don't get flying Antonio Brown roots for to be honest. <laughs> to be <like. laughs> I don't give a what he does at any you know point.
1: He's going to be tweeted about this yeah. game more than any other game because he's got both hands in both pots and, and, and all of that. But but Matt, uh, uh, maybe there's a prop that somewhere. that
2: Imagine not having him muted. Imagine not having him blocked. <laughs> Couldn't be me. Couldn't that's be actually, me. Yeah, Don't that's have time that's- for toxicity in my life. That's, exactly.
0: a, that's actually a really, really good idea that I recommend other people should probably do as well. But if you or Antonio Brown or anyone watching this, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be a great prop bet. Maybe they can get a prop bet of that on mybookie.ag. Uh, your favorite athletes strive to put themselves in a winning position, unless your favorite athlete is Antonio Brown. And it's about time you did too with my bookie. MyBookie has the biggest online selection of odds and contests to fill all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere. Bet on the NFL, MLB playoffs, or play for a share of big cash prizes in the weekly blackjack tournaments. If you've been waiting for the right time to get in on the action, that time is now. Not later, now. Make your winning move today. Sign up at MyBookie using promo code Pewter, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, and claim your deposit match of any amount up to $1,000. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a great deal. Again, that promo code is Pewter to claim your bonus. Experience sports in a whole new light and make this season a winning one. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie, mybookie.ag.
1: True story. I came two yards away from cashing in. I, I put five large on Texas A&M beating Alabama, and with that sorry ass play call, uh, I, that five dollars I put on 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 Texas A&M could have turned into sixty two dollars and fifty cents. Thank you, Jimbo Fisher. Absolutely, wow. awful. So
0: you're just yeah. done a better Texas the, A&M than plus twenty four
2: five large though.
1: Well, the, the, John, when you've got four kids, a wife, I mean, five dollars is five large, my friend. So, um, but uh, so uh, you know, let's 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 get your your score prediction. We always save our score predictions for our Pewter Report uh, preview and predictions. And folks, if you haven't visited pewterreport.com, dot you com know, and you love this podcast, we encourage you to do so. Go well. That's actually it's the wrong banner here. Let's click this banner. There but we you go. Should look There's at that stuff. one too. Yeah, we can talk about that in one second. But we're going to talk about the best bucks coverage on pewterreport.com. Make sure that you're following us on our social media accounts, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's at Pewter Report. And here on Pewterreport TV on our YouTube channel, we ask that you subscribe to that. And we're nearing 10,000 subscribers, which is really cool. We're about uh, almost at 9,500. So we appreciate all you Pewter people for making that happen. And make sure when you watch our Pewter Report podcast or any of the interviews and clips we have or J.C.'s uh, Touchback Tuesdays, make sure you're liking those videos, what that does that helps our algorithm. And we would be remiss if we didn't tell you about the Celsius Pewter Report tailgate show presented by Age Rejuvenation. That's live at Walk-Ons, and that's going to be the Walk-Ons in Wesley Chapel. Myself and J.C. Allen and John Gilmore, former Bucks tight end, will be there at the Walk-Ons location in Wesley Chapel, where we do two hours of pregame. We're there for about an hour and a half, and then we turn things over to Matt Matera uh, for Pewter Game Day. And that's going to be starting at 11 o'clock Eastern time. So join us at the Wesley Chapel Walk-Ons, 11 o'clock, and then stay tuned for Matt Matera with the live in-game analysis on Pewter Game Day at 1 o'clock. So we've got all of your Bucks Steelers pregame all the way through the game itself, and then we'll have the the Pewter Report postgame podcast after that. And we're going to have John Ledyard and Paul Atwall. Pewter Reports is going to be at Pittsburgh for that game, so we're excited about it. How excited are you about going to the game, John?
2: Very excited. Uh, I it will be good to be in the press box. Hey, I get to see, I'm sad I won't get to see any of you, but uh, I see Paul, I mentioned that, but also friends in Buckside and Couple on the Steelers side, <laughs> most of yeah. them don't like me, but um, yeah, like I think it'll be great to be able to see everybody again, obviously, and uh, you'll be there for the game. I think will be great as well, and I hope it's one of those. I hope it's a game where the Bucks like really can get on track. Like they look like they were on their way there against Atlanta, then yeah. this awful fourth quarter and it yeah. Marzol thing, and I, I don't know about you guys. I walked away from the game. Like I know it's a win, but it just felt like a loss. It just felt that's like, how I felt just, like after the you game. Know, you know, like, like it was eh. such a deflating. Like I don't know, game. John. I.
1: I, I'm, I'm used to the new normal now because I mean, there's no That's Rob right. Gronkowski. There's no Marpet. There's no Ryan Jensen. There's no, I, I don't want to say even AB, but when you look at, at who he's being replaced with, which is Russell Gage, he's just so injured. He's a shell of his former self. Mm. It's, it's the Mike and Chris show again, right in the passing game, they can't get the running game on track. Uh, and, and so having said that I, I'm used to, my expectations have been lowered. I'm not expecting the 30 points per game. Now, I do think on Sunday you might see a 30 yeah. point game as and they should against an overmatched Steelers team.
2: Right and I think they should have last week too you could definitely say whether it's going to happen every week or not until they're fully healthy. Julio week 1 Julio looked exciting and I just don't think he can I just don't think he can stay healthy unfortunately. Yeah. I get why you take a swing though it's cheap and I totally yeah. understand the move. I just it's unfortunate you take chances on those things when you're in championship windows and you should. And so yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens with some of the injuries and as guys get fired to full strength, Kate Otten and Rashad White becoming acclimated. The offense is massive for this team because you're not going right. to get more out of Leonard or Cam Bray. We know who they are. We know Kyle Rudolph is. The ceiling for this offense gets raised if Kate Otten can play the way he did against Atlanta, if Rashad White can play the way he did against Atlanta. And they're rookies, yeah. so it won't happen every week, but it certainly raises the ceiling for the group if that's what you're going to get, for generally speaking, moving forward. So I expect... There to be that could, to group to continue to kind of move in the right direction. Um, and I, I think this could really be a game where the Bucs get on track. On paper, it's like spelled out perfectly for what they do. The Bucks, the Steelers are one of the worst pressure rate teams in the league. They're not yeah. going to have TJ Watt for this game. Secondary is banged up, even if some of those guys play. This is a team that's given up the like second most passing yards in the NFL this season. Uh, they're terrible in situational football, run fits. like This is all the stuff the Bucs have like, dreamed to have in an yep. opposing team and an opponent on the offensive side. Tons that they can take advantage of. And then when you look defensively at what they do, okay, the Bucs, you know, who draws up pressures better than anybody in the league, even though they haven't blitzed as much this season. They've right. still set five at times. They've gotten home with games and things like that up front. Mm-hmm. They're going to test the Steelers' ability to communicate up front as an offensive line. Kenny Pickett's ability. I mean, inexperienced quarterbacks, Todd Bulls has eaten a lot of them alive. Yeah. And I think that, so everything lines up on paper. It looks like the type of game that over the years we've watched, this is the type of game where the Bucks hit the rhythm and really control the whole game, both sides of the ball start to finish. Pittsburgh is just like has enough of this dumb scrappiness to them that I right. don't think it'll be the blowout that it should be on paper. Um, yeah. it definitely could be, but I think that you could see it be being weirdly closer. The Bucks have kind of played that way all season. It's yeah. been close when it shouldn't be in a couple games this year. So I would say it's probably if I had to guess, I'm something like 28 to 16 or 28 to 13, something like that, I think will be the final score, which will be fine. Yeah. I just think it'll be closer than that most of the way. Oh,
1: I do want to talk to you about one important matchup that involves uh, one of the, the elder statesmen, one of the older players on Pittsburgh, still playing at a very high level. Uh, he's an old man. I don't think he needs any age rejuvenation, but I'm 50 and I sure as hell did.
3: As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women.
1: I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. And I was groggy.
3: I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt.
1: I came to Age Rejuvenation because I was tired all the time.
3: Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now.
0: i my got all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect
2: for me. Get with Age Rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call
0: Age Rejuvenation today.
1: I'm sorry. I don't believe that lady that she just all of a sudden now discovers that she can shop again. I think she's always shopped. She just has more stamina in the mall now. I think that's really what it is. And folks, that's true. I mean, I I I've been on age rejuvenation now since August and I feel like I'm about 10 years younger. It's really kicked in. It's a 6-month program I'm on with the testosterone therapy. And if you want to look better, feel better, go to age rejuvenation, you're going to lose weight. I've dropped Gosh, I probably dropped six or seven pounds of really good weight now. And you might've seen age rejuvenation as the new sponsor of my SRS Fab Five column. And of course you see them on our Peter report tailgate show as the presenting sponsor. And I'm an age rejuvenation customer. I'm a client and I encourage you to do so. If you are feeling sluggish, if you're mentally fatigued, if you're physically fatigued, uh, if if you need more Celsius than, than one can, then you probably are a candidate. But, uh, I turned 50, energy became a problem, and it turns out I have low testosterone. Most men in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, they do. It's just nature, fellas. It's going to happen if it hasn't happened to you yet. Low testosterone affects everything from weight loss to energy, and now there's a way to fight it. That's what I did with the testosterone therapy. I have more energy now, and I can't recommend it enough. Please visit agerejuvenation.com. Age Rejuvenation has five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. Lose weight, feel great, get that free hormone panel therapy, um, or I should say test done, and see where mm-hmm. you stand. Uh, visit agerejuvenation.com. So, John, of course, I'm talking about Cam Hayward, who has been a stalwart for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Double mm-hmm. uh, digit sacker last year, five-time Pro Bowler. This guy's a stud. And, of course, the one guy that has not exactly been studly for the Buccaneers, Luke Gedeke, he has had a murderer's row, I wrote about it on Peterreport.com uh, the other day, uh, with, with Kenny Clark, pro bowler, Chris Jones, pro bowler, Grady Jarrett, pro bowler, it didn't get any easier with a real physical load like, uh, like Cam Hayward. What do you think about that matchup, and is that the one area of concern that the Buccaneers might have or should have?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. Uh, you know, and Award's been neutralized because teams can double more in pass protection. And hopefully, the Bucks do the same thing. You know, they've they've done some things at times, but they've left Gideke alone more often than not this season. And it's not been pretty. I mean, against Grady Jarrett was truly one of the worst performances I've seen um get is such an interesting player to me because i still feel like like there's a good player in there i just think that like technically he was not ready to switch positions switch sides and start in the nfl in a scheme like this that doesn't really protect their offensive line you can play or you right. can't now the quarterback protects them that helps a lot because he's not giving up 118 sacks which he could have this season if it wasn't for right. brady if this was still Jameis, their oh, bucks man. would their offense would be at the bottom of the league just because of the amount of sacks brady's yeah. avoided this season from Gedeki. Can't survive like that all the time. Um it's it's troubling but it's like I still feel like if they could just get him like trained up like in a season or two like he could be helpful to them. Yeah. I just don't think that it's happening right. Like there was a couple blocks if you watch the last series against Atlanta, the Grady Jarrett had that sack that ended up being the roughing. But that yeah. was kind of on like a loop, a loop where he yeah, came from right. the other side. Yeah, looped around and Gedeki and Donovan Smith had a miscommunication about whether to pick him up. There were a couple other plays on that drive where Gedeki like I mean, he buried a guy. He stood up Jarrett finally in pass protection. had he a great better The like,
1: game went on. There's no doubt.
2: Yeah. he He's gotten better at almost every game that he plays in as the game goes on. He gets yeah. better. It's still not like he's playing great. Like he's always now right. he's Ali Marpet in the fourth quarter. You know, no, it's not like that. <laughs> but there's promise there that I think could be fine eventually. So maybe I'm, but I just, right now, it's just not working. And so, like, I, maybe you try Nick Leverett or you got to be, to watch that tape and be like, "No, nah, we're gonna keep rolling with him. You don't feel optimistic about Nick Leverett, in my opinion. Like right. that says that because yeah. you can't even guy, you, Yeah, yeah you, you can't see a guy get beat or Brandon Walton. Yeah, and yeah. Brandon Walton maybe they, they don't want to. He looked like he could be their swing tackle of the future. Uh, yeah. He was, you know, it's not perfect, but it's definitely workable. I think so. Maybe they want to they just keep him training in one spot. And I think when Jensen comes back, if he comes back by the end of the regular season, um, then I think. Hainsey could slide to left guard. Hainsey's been pretty good at center. He's been yeah. like above average, I'd say, at center um, this season. There's a couple plays every game, but he, he does some really good things and I think that could be a switch that you see. But for this week, it's definitely going to be a challenge for a key He's going to get beat like a decent amount if they leave him one-on-one. Yeah. It's going to be on Brady just getting it away, which he's done so far this season. There's three throwaways maybe on Sunday that were just in completions solely because of key not because of Brady and so you have to factor a couple of those in, which suck because they could kill a drive um, the way teams are playing the Bucks and not allowing big plays, but you've got to be able to kind of overcome those things. I'd love to give Leverett a shot and just see if it can be better short term, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Yep. John, we're, you've we're, been
0: uh, very, very gracious yep. with your time. So we want to get you out of here in a second. Uh, but first, Leo with the five dollar super chat, he just asked uh, you, that you had the Bucks going eleven and six. Do you still feel that way? Watching some of the other opponents they've had with the Rams, Ravens, and Cardinals, and also John, uh, just tell everyone too where they can uh, find your new podcast because you are still in the football realm a little bit with uh, with your latest podcast.
2: Yeah. First of all, Hey, Leo and to the Bucks fans, you guys have been awesome. I've seen the chat. You guys are amazing. Like I appreciate the heck out of all. You love y'all miss y'all a ton. Great to still be interacting with you on Twitter. I've tried to still stay engaged with a lot of the buck stuff Um, in part because talking football with y'all is so much fun and y'all have always been so appreciative whenever I've had thoughts on the team and stuff. So I really, I've really wanted to, especially in this window where there's like a championship on the line for this team legitimately, like, be able to keep giving you some thoughts and and some of my time. and, And I think that's been a lot of fun. Like I really appreciated that. And yeah, audibles and analytics podcast, Casey Hudson, shout out. Came up with the idea for the name and the graphic for it too. Um, she created it, she's been amazing for that and helping that uh, thing flourish. Um, but yeah, we talk just talk NFL football a couple times a week and just for fun. Have a lot of great guests on. Paul Atwell and I have been talking bucks on the show uh once in a while as well. It's a subscriber thing five dollars per month or like 417 a month if you do the yearly subscription of like 50 bucks. It's not a big deal, just like a side thing. I'm doing if the, the money's a problem for you and you want to get into it just let me know i'll help you out don't worry about that i don't want that to prevent anybody from listening to it um just really to pay for cost of production and all the subscriptions you need to be able to watch all the nfl content these days and get all the stats and numbers you need to pff all those places and so um yeah it's been a lot of fun um now i forget leo's question completely though after i talked about are you still sticking to the box
1: 11 and 6
2: yeah Eleven and six. Uh, I think that seems about right. Yeah, I forgot that I gave that prediction. I don't remember that might have been <laughs> well, a I'm, spot. I'm
1: glad you also got eleven and six too, John. Because when I came so out with eleven said, and six, yeah, I got crucified for not picking thirteen. and oh, yeah, yeah, I really? was the the lowest one on the on the total bowl here. We wow, had some thirteen God. and fours in the Peter report staff. We had some twelve and fives. I said yeah, eleven and think, six. I'm the negative Nancy, but you know, I'm I, glad I'm not alone.
2: I think eleven and six feels about right the way this season yeah. started. I think that that's about what I'd expect. I mean, they could go, they could play better and lose four or five. I think six is probably really reasonable. It would be worse. It would be bad if it were worse than that, unless there were massive injuries, they shouldn't, they shouldn't lose more than six games a season. Unless it's because of injuries, but they probably should have won the Packers game and didn't. So yeah, I think you have to take all that into account with the injuries and stuff. But I think that this 11 and six is probably good.
1: That's awesome. And it's always awesome having you on. Uh the, the door is always open as, as we tell Trevor Sikema and any of our Pewter Report uh, uh, alum. Uh you're always you're always welcome to come home and, and join us here on the Pew Report podcast. And and be sure to look for, uh, John's gonna have something for us from the, the Steelers Bucks game. So make sure that you visit pewterreport.com mm-hmm. on Sunday and uh and get his thoughts on the game that he and Paul Atwell will be, will be attending live. So John, uh,
2: next time next time I come in, I'll have to tell you guys about. The fight that Trevor and I almost got in at a wedding in Florida a couple of weeks ago. I have to tell <laughs> oh my! A lot of people hanging. Yeah, I that's, like that. Great, great, a, great cliffhanger. Great reason to have you it's, back too, man. So that's right. Yeah. It'll be thanks, fun. But I appreciate you guys lot, having man. me on. This has been a Absolutely. blast, uh, yeah, y'all. Great
0: hearing your voice again, yep. really.
2: <laughs> great yep. seeing you guys in and hearing your yep. voices. I love it.
1: And for all the Peter people out there, we want you to help us out and help us get to ten thousand. Uh, subscribers on YouTube and you can do that by hitting the like button uh, also on all of our videos it helps out with the algorithm. So uh, for Matt Matera and Pewter Report alum, John Ledyard, I'm Scott Reynolds saying thank you very much for tuning into another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. We'll be on tomorrow at four o'clock. Make sure you watch that on Pewter Report TV on our YouTube channel and for Matt and John, I'm Scott saying goodbye. We'll see you again on another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out.